2011, I was living in Austin, Texas. I wasn't camping, I wasn't hiking, and Bastrop was merely a town on the way to visit my family back home in Houston. I vaguely remember the news stories from when the fire started. The outdoors weren't part of my consciousness back then. But what I do remember is going outside of my apartment one day and smelling the smoke. In Texas, smoke can be common, but this was different. Different because when I looked east, I could now see the smoke. The smoke clouds from Bastrop were visible in Austin, and it was then that I began to learn more about the devastation that was happening. Firefighters from communities all over worked hard to contain that fire, but that fire burned for 55 days, and after all was said and done, the devastation remained, and two people were killed. Bastrop State Park felt the brunt of those fires. The blistering heat that year made the loblolly pines nothing more than matchsticks wavering in the wind. And with the first spark, the matches were lit, and 96% of the state park was burned. One glimmer of hope was the 80-year-old CCC structures that were spared, but the ecosystem was damaged almost beyond repair. Buildings can be rebuilt on a schedule, but Mother Nature works on her own time. The regrowth of the trees is slow, but it's happening. And with each visit, I see more green. I see the ferns battle with the growing plant life around them, and the hope for future generations becomes stronger. This is Bastrop State Park. I've been at Bastrop State Park multiple times now since the uh, fire in 2011. I've driven by it, the state park, for almost a decade now, driving back and forth, visiting my parents in Houston. But nothing, nothing prepares you for seeing the devastation up close. I remember the first time we drove through Bastrop, going to Houston, you know, six months after the fires were out. And it was, I think, the first time that I remember being emotional about nature. And it was really weird just driving through and and kind of at that point knowing the aftermath and knowing the tragic events and knowing all the people that were displaced and it's a pretty it's a pretty drive i'll just leave it at that and so if you've ever been in central texas and ever made that drive it's highway 21 and if you've been on that road it kind of goes right in between the forest and it's it's a pretty scenic drive, and I remember the first time I drove on that road, I was in Houston, and some buddies of mine went to visit our mutual friend in San Marcos, and that's the road that we took to get to San Marcos, and I remember seeing that for the first time and just thinking, like, whoa, what is this? I've never seen this kind of road view before. 
I mean, living in Houston, you get a lot of the, the pine trees and stuff, but this was just the neat experience in my very, very, very early 20s. And so when we drove on Highway 21 that first time after the fire, yeah, I, I got emotional. I, I, I teared up in the car and, uh, and, and I didn't really know why I didn't really, I didn't have any family or friends in Bastrop, but just how, how much time it took to get that fire out. 55 days. That's a long time. And, um, and then, you know, all the speculation as far as what, what started and whatnot. And, And that's at this point, not important whatsoever, but at that time and driving through it was definitely was definitely tough and uh and and now Bastrop is definitely a place that I love to visit and hike and I definitely send people there frequently for the trails and the views and the history and this is you know you, you know how I roll people this is a, a CCC park, and I love, I definitely love that aspect of, of this park. And the the CCC, the hard work, can be seen all over this, this state park. And it was one of the things that was saved at this park, so that's that's pretty special. And you notice it from the very beginning, the, the walls of the state park that greet you when you make that turn. You see the... The airplane, the jet airplane there on the corner, and then you see the walls that you drive into, and the refectory that you see at the park, and the water fountains that are hidden throughout the park. And and much like the other parks in Central Texas, the, the history and the architecture is just is just amazing. And what and what those people did with the CCC and these state parks is is just fantastic. And of course the history of the loblolly pines and and that's a whole story altogether so if you think about it they're they're called the lost pines well because the trees don't belong in Bastrop they're about 100 miles west of where they should be and um, while this isn't a this isn't really a post about the trees i, I definitely want you all to read into the history of the East Texas pines and and the pines that ended up in Bastrop. It's a, it's a really neat story. So Bastrop State Park has some fun amenities, including a pool, and that pool is run by the Boys and Girls Club. There is a playground, and there's a pond, which they call a lake on the map. And unlike Lockhart State Park, there was a golf course here, but the golf course is no longer in use. The key points that I want to mention for sure in this episode of Bastrop State Park is the well are the historic water fountains, Fairs Overlook, and the other scenic overlook that's across from the water tower. There's no fancy name to it, it's just called Scenic Overlook, so don't think I was uh, skimping out on the uh, descriptors there. Uh, oh, yeah. And I want to tell you about the restrooms here, but I don't want to get too far ahead at this point. When it comes to hiking, there are some pretty spectacular trails here 
that will give you great views of this part of Texas. My personal favorite trail, it's called the Lost Pines Loop. It's 4.3 miles on paper. When you connect a couple of the other trails, it definitely starts to add up and you can make it a lot longer than that. The Lost Pines Loop is classified as a challenging trail, and this trail shows you the diversity that Bastrop State Park has to offer. Scenery and in plant life. When you're hiking, you'll see the bracken ferns growing on the forest floor, the new pine trees, and of course, you'll still see trees that are charred. Uh, most of them are charred from the most recent uh, prescribed burns, but it's still a eerie feeling seeing kind of trees all together and then an opening, almost like a field with just the remains kind of sticking up from the ground. On opposite ends of the trail are two scenic overlooks. One is a roadside overlook that offers places to sit and take in the landscape. So you can just drive to that scenic overlook. But it's definitely a stop along this trail. So if you're there for the day and you're just kind of cruising around the park, you can get to it by car. There's places to sit, have a snack, have lunch, check out the amazing views. Um, but it's a great resting spot while you're uh, out hiking. The other scenic overlook is Fairs Overlook. And this place is accessible by taking the Fairs Overlook Trace and that's going to be on the southern part of the loop. And this CCC-built cabin is my normal landmark, which tells me I'm pretty close to the end of my hike, because I normally take the loop clockwise, but of course that can be said for either overlook. It's Either overlook's going to be either the beginning or the end, but at least each of them, if you're on the loop, is going to give you a good indicator of kind of where you're at along the way. And I like Fair's Overlook more just because when you get there, you'll notice it just has more of a rustic feel. Uh, the stonework is great. It's kind of tucked away, and that's also what's neat. It's not just on the side of the road, and you do have to hike up a little bit to it. And then there's kind of some room around the cabin to kind of walk around. And then on the inside, it's just this kind of stone bench and the window is right in front of the bench, and so you can see out forward. But if you look down, you notice that right below is Highway 71. So just remember, you're not that deep into the wilderness, despite being in a forest for the most part. But still definitely something I recommend. I, that's my normal take off my backpack and... Uh, grab some snacks, and, and kind of just enjoy the view. So the next thing that I wanted to mention are those water fountains, and, and those are typical of some of the better CCC parks. There was a time when the water in the park was funneled to these fountains, and these fountains were in areas that were, that were the old day-use areas of these parks that aren't really in use anymore. So in some of these parks, they just kind of appear, and that's where they're at. And I know on the most uh, recent state park, Lockhart State Park, uh, they weren't on the map, and I just saw it there in, in kind of the trees, and so that was neat. And that Bastrop 
uh, one of them's labeled, and then there's some other ones that you can kind of find along the, along the trail. If you're just looking to stretch your legs a bit, that's where the golf course comes into play. The old golf cart paths offer a pretty nice alternative, especially if you like to bring a stroller. From these paths is where you'll find Lake Mina, the, the pond I was talking about earlier, which unfortunately is the only water here after the Memorial Day floods in 2015. It just broke the dam and the entire lake at the state park emptied. Um, so that's pretty sad. It, it still hasn't been repaired. I definitely have fished in that pond right when my daughter started fishing and um it's not very big but it's a good time and that's kind of the the whole point it's off it's closer to the entrance like i said you'll see it when you come in um and there's not really parking there's some other old structures that were the golf clubhouse so that's pretty neat too to kind of to kind of check that out and that's where you can park and then from there you can just hop on one of the old golf cart paths and, and walk towards the the uh, Lake Mina. So good time either way. I'm pretty sure you have to still pay for a day pass if you just want to fish there. And frankly, if you're in Bass Drop, there are pretty pretty extensive alternatives um at the in Bass Drop. So if you're if you're there camping um, it's a good it's a good change of scenery. So I, I definitely recommend hiking here. There are a couple smaller trails that all kind of connect into this main loop. So that's the one I definitely recommend. But I think you'll enjoy the terrain changes and find some great challenges on the trails here. I'm still seeing new things every time I hike here. Um, and one quick note to add, the park map, designates the trails as colors but the trail map designates them with the names that i had mentioned so i recommend just grabbing both maps and using them as a guide because um, some trail head posts will show either either or i know the yellow trail is at the end of one of the rv loops and i've and i've started hiking at that point because it's kind of in the middle of the loop and uh, if you're just there for the day, um, one thing to know is that, well, it was helpful for me. Hopefully it's helpful for you. But each parking spot at the park along the main road, they're also the trailhead. So if you're planning to hit the loop, you can just see where you want to get your car at, at the end. See if, if, if it makes sense for you. But that was a pretty neat discovery. Each parking space, so the, the big P's on the map. Those are also where each trail is going to begin. So they make it pretty convenient, whereas some of the other parks that I've talked about, you can't access the trailheads from there. You have to walk a little bit, especially most recently at uh, Bastrop State Park. So now a little bit about the camping. The camping at Bastrop State Park is pretty extensive. But I want to get something out of the way, and I hope it doesn't deter you from camping here. But remember when I mentioned the overlook looking down at the highway? Well, the three main campsites that are here are all on the same side of the park. 
And that side is closest to the highway. So there isn't a lot blocking sound from there to the campgrounds. And on our last visit, the road noise was definitely something you noticed at night. It's a main 18-wheeler road. And so all I'm saying is that if you're a light sleeper, bring some earplugs. There's the Deer Run camping area, the Piney Hill camping area, and probably the prettiest is Copperas Creek camping area. My last visit with my daughter, we stayed at the Deer Run area because it has the playground and it's closest to the pool. So, I mean, there's nothing more refreshing than swimming all day and then enjoying the nighttime campfire especially in the summertime. It was pretty much the only way to stay cool was swim in the pool all day and then go back to the campsite as the sun was going down when they when they closed the pool for, for everyone. They do adult swim at night, kind of like most pools do. Bastrop also has cabins, so if you want to feel a little bit more secluded, it's called the Pioneer Village Camping Area. And the good thing about that, too, is it's on the opposite side of the park, so more away from the the highway. Copperas Creek definitely feels the most tucked away as far as the sites go. And this one has water, electric, and full hookups, so more ideal for RVs. But the good thing about this specific site is that at the end of this loop in this campsite, that's where there are additionally six primitive camping sites so you get a little bit of that rustic feel at Bass Drop State Park you're not going to get primitive camping sites like you'd get at Lost Maples or Enchanted Rock because it's kind of right next to the other campsite but it's a primitive site nonetheless all right so I know I know you've all been waiting for my favorite part to talk about but I really I really do want to talk about the restrooms The last time we were there, it was, like I said, last summer, and the bathrooms closest to the the campsite we were at, they were newly remodeled in this new park style that I'm seeing at more and more of the parks. It's a larger building, and so the restrooms are on um, kind of the one side, and then in this main hallway, there's actually a sink, like a kitchen area, so it, it encourages people to you know, wash their dishes and dispose of the food waste properly and not just kind of leave it on the ground by their campsites or in a trash bag out in the open that animals can get to. So that's good. But the restrooms that are being made in these buildings are super clean and the showers were perfect. So, you know, I I really do love a nice state park restroom. I think I think they're uh, pretty spectacular, and it's a it's a great feeling to when you're camping or just after a long day hike, and you're just gross and you want to clean up before you get back on the road. Because um, not all of the state parks are great, and I'm you know not trying to be rude, but Palo Duro, some of your restrooms were kind of busted. Uh, that's it. That's all I have for Bastrop State Park. Um, despite the unfortunate history, you know, the community and visitors alike are, are doing what they can to contribute to the continued growth of this park and, and see that it does come back to its fantastic loblolly glory. You know, that only happens by visiting and telling other people to visit. 
and just in experiencing everything that this park has to offer, this park and Bisher State Park and the whole area and the whole community of Bastrop. It's really just a special place that I, I definitely want you all to visit. And if you do, let me know what you thought. And if you get on that trail, let me know what you thought of the scenery there too. So thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.